Hi there. Hello, everyone. You're listening to The Spare. On the air. My name is Gary. And my name is Sir Reginald of Washington. Hi, Sir Reginald Washington. What is your real name? Angie is what the friends call me. Hello, Angie. And, um, what who is our guest this week? This week? <laughs> I can't keep up the stick. I've watched a lot of Game of Thrones. No, they don't talk like that on the show. But I think British accents are always funny. You got me because I thought we are doing a vampire bit so uh oh no i was trying to do game of thrones uh they all kind of have different accents though in that show i'm ned stark i'm khaleesi but anyways our guest this week is one of our all-time favorite artists it's tyler better known as diner yeah so excited we've seen diners quite a few times pre-quarantine right Gary yes even uh, a weird Orange County garage I like the garage that was a fun show we even have matching diner shirts so we're big big fans and we're big big excited to have a long chat with the person behind the tunes yes before that we're starting off the show with T.O.C. by Y Dogs Y a Despair alumni. And then to introduce our special guest, we're playing their song Spinning the Yard off their recent album, Leisure World. Yes, so sit back, relax, and don't forget if you go on a date or go somewhere and meet someone and you do a funny British accent, you might have to keep it up for the rest of your life if you end up getting married. Oh no. This situation sounds very specific. I hope this has not happened to me. I think it would make for a good Hallmark movie. Hallmark, if you're watching this, please give us $5,000. I'll accept a Chili's gift card. Or Olive Garden gift card. Ew, no. No, no. that was some Sonic, but no. Sonic gift card. Sonic gift card, yes. Anyway, enjoy the tunes. See you soon on BFF.
actually work Don't want a lot in life Just to learn to be more like Picard the
Hi there. Hello, friend. You're listening to Despair on the Air. On the internet. I am Gary. And I'm Angie. And today we have with us one of the coolest cats around, Diners. Please introduce yourself. Hello. Hello, everybody. How's it going? How's it hanging? We are so pumped to be chatting with you today. We've seen you so many times pre-quarantine, of course, and we're so excited to finally get to chit-chat. We have so many questions to get through, and I guess the best place to start is, when did you start making music? I started making music when I was 11 years old. I was very inspired by the local classic rock stations in uh, in Arizona and just wanted to rock out. And so I was able to acquire a, a, a Squire guitar and, uh, and I uh, started playing when I was 11 and started uh, immediately writing songs. Ooh. The first song I ever wrote was called Let's Rock. Yeah, let's rock. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> and so um, how did your early beginnings start transforming into like the Diners project? I don't even know how many bands I had before Diners, but Diners, yeah, I, I had a bunch of bands before Diners. Um, yeah, I, I started Diners when I was 19. And by that point, I had been playing, like I, I would play in bands. I would play in any band that would really have me around town. And I would also usually have like one or two of my own bands oh cool was it hard to juggle like having two bands and being in like a bunch of i mean we know people who especially drummers it's mainly drummers who they're like in seven bands at once because drumming is such like a like endangered species almost (laughs) oh yeah well and it's like one of those things where it's like a a uh, a drummer that like has good instincts is like kind of uh it's it's like it's also rare it's mm-hmm. like so yeah when there's like somebody who's just like down to do it it's like oh my gosh thank you i know you're in several bands at once but you're you really add a lot to these songs thank you i i was never that i would i would often end up playing bass in other people's bands bass is my favorite in- instrument i've only owned a bass a couple times but i would just kind of fill in oftentimes but i but yeah i loved it i i didn't i didn't find it too hard to juggle i would hear stories of like like those those drummer type people like like accidentally like double booking themselves like oh no i agreed to do this show and i agreed to do this show with this other band at the, on the same night and they'll like try and make it work but uh yeah i was a, i i uh i guess maybe i wasn't as busy as as those people but yeah <laughs> and then your first album as diners that's coming on nine years now correct if like we're looking to the future of 2021 yeah, that's right. I think it yeah, it came out sometime in May, I think. Yeah, something like that. What is it like for that, like, to look back and be like, oh my gosh, this is almost a decade now of, like, this project? It's uh, it's hard to know what to make of it because, like, I, I forget that I'm not a new band anymore. But sometimes, uh, just with the internet, it's like people are always kind of discovering. People have the ability to, like, discover, like, the diners albums like like it's new to them so like even I I might feel old from time to time but like I don't know it's kind of always like I'll get like a message from somebody that says like they just found my music for the first time so it's a it's interesting I don't know it's hard to it kind of blows my mind 
I love it because I remember one time I was wearing your shirt in a class and this girl came up to me. She's like, oh my God, I love diners. We like made a friendship over it. I was like, no way. She's like, yeah. She's like, I just like went to their show like a couple weeks back and I was blown away. And I was like, yeah. Wow. That's really cool. That's that. I love that. Yeah. So definitely. I think that's something great about being in like the game for a long time is that you get people who like will <laughs> email you or whatever or DM and be like, oh my God, whoa. And then like they have like the luxury of having a discography to go back to and being like, wow, there's so much versus sometimes when it's somebody who's like hot off the presses, it's like we get one single and that's the only food we're going to get for the next nine months. <laughs> You're right. For people who are like real music listeners in the way that like if they find something they like, they like investigate more of it i think it is i think it really does pay off to have like albums to go back to that are like i mean albums and singles like i mean but i but also in some ways it's like it's so because i've been doing it for so long there is kind of like a thing where it's like i think as time goes on it's like a little bit harder to define like what it is like it's like i i feel like i give people homework almost when like you know it's like not i mean not really but it's like one of those things where it's like they're yeah you know it's like i cycle through sounds and sometimes i sound like this sometimes i sound like that and uh i think i think that's cool i love it when when i get to like find a new artist and i'm like oh great they have like several albums that i can like check out mm-hmm. i do appreciate that but it is very funny that's that's when i feel really old that i'm like oh my gosh i have so much stuff no it's like being wise I started saying that about myself because children on TikTok who are only four years younger than me will be like, oh, old person. And I'm like, oh, hmm, I really am, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I'm ultimately down with TikTok. Like, I'm very into it. But it, I that is a that is something where I'm like, oh, my gosh, I the way that I don't connect to this is like how like that's like the the generation gap Mm -hmm. oh my gosh like I couldn't imagine myself doing this in a million years (laughs) like watch I I actually have um I like have like a couple ideas for like how I would like to use TikTok that I think like kind of like on my own terms (laughs) so uh, I don't know maybe I'll get deep into it I think you'd be super popular on there I think you have the charisma and the aesthetic that the youngsters would like love we'll see (laughs) (laughs) also to our listener please blow up a cup of coffee and tiktok make it the most top tiktok song make it it beat driver's license please yeah and like yeah make your own what's that what was that thing at the top of quarantine that was really popular like whip coffee show us your new whip coffee recipes (laughs) it is yeah it is funny like i didn't I didn't realize, like, the idea of writing a song about coffee. I mean, the song isn't about coffee, but it's like, it's like, oh, yeah, it's like this. I didn't realize until afterward. I'm like, maybe this will do something. Maybe, like, maybe there's, like, a whole, like, coffee, like, the people who are deep into coffee, maybe they'll, like, take it and run with it on TikTok. Yeah. So far, it's, like, it's really cute. I It is really cute. I... It's mostly, or maybe not cup of coffee, but there's like another song that's on TikTok where I'm like, there's like only like 15 people that like have used it, but it's like, it's just like people like reviewing manga. 
Like, talking about manga, and I was like, this song has nothing to do with manga, but that is really like, I'm glad. It's, you know, it's so funny. Yeah. I would never have predicted that anybody would do that. But yeah, for some reason, it is like multiple manga TikToks have taken <laughs> 15 on a skateboard. Uh, my one of my other songs. Love that. Uh, yeah, me too. I mean, I I'm grateful that anybody still listens to what I do. Speaking of teens, <laughs> when you were 18, uh-huh. what bands did you go crazy over? Okay, so when I was an early teen, let's see, when I was 13, like for sure, my favorite band was Pink Floyd. I was like so deep into like, classic rock for so long that I really did not care about anything other than classic rock albums where it was like it was funny because like all my bandmates at the time like in our band that we would like have it was just like in in one of our parents garages like they were all really into kind of like the victory records like bands like Atreyu and uh Silverstein and like all these it was like a very weird clash I don't know how we got along but anyways I was so deep into like Pink Floyd but around uh like not too long after that I figured out that there was a music scene and I just became obsessed with local bands and my cool older cousin played in a local band and I like saw his show and I was like, whoa, all these bands, they're like writing their own songs. They're not just like playing cover sets or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it kind of blew my mind and that really kind of changed my whole world. Like realizing like, oh, it's not about rock and roll. It's like about songwriting. Absolutely. And that goes great into my next question, which is when you started performing as diners, um, and then you can also interpret this to be like before diners a bit that works better for you. But what were kind of some of the first venues and places you started playing at where you felt really comfortable? And then who were some of the first people you were playing alongside with who made you feel really like good and like secure? And you were like, this is fun and I love doing this. Yeah. As far as venues go in Phoenix, Arizona, there's a venue called the Trunk Space that is, it's still there. It's in, it's in a different location, but its original location was like a very, like very special room. Like the layout of the room was really special even. And uh, um, yeah, Trunk Space was kind of, was totally my home. There was like a whole period of time where I accidentally hadn't played anywhere else in like a year. Like it was only <laughs> drunk space. And this was, that was like when I was in high school, but like, yeah, when diners started, like trunk space was like still around and I was still playing trunk space all the time. I have like, I have like a trunk space tattoo. Oh, um, super um, cool. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's a, it's a very special near and dear to my heart venue <laughs> i didn't say that i said that kind of weird but yeah it's like yeah it's, so it's near it's near and dear to my heart uh and um yeah there and like there are so many people like when i was first getting into music i was like the young kid i was the kid mm-hmm. and uh because i was i was going all there all the time when i was in high school and stuff but uh but yeah my friend my friend tristan jemsek who does a band called dog breath um was somebody that really would have like asked would ask me to like play in his own projects and i was like really honored that he like believed in me 
to do that. Yeah, Tristan was kind of the first person who really like was like immediately like helping me out. Same with, with this person named Fran who would book shows. Like she would always like ask me to play and and even though like even though like nobody was like it was like a DIY show like nobody was really getting paid she would still give me like ten dollars for gas and I didn't realize until later Aww. that that was just her giving me ten dollars <laughs> like and it was really like sweet I was like oh my gosh there's nobody at this show like even like the the first few years of diner shows it's like there was nobody there um like at a lot of the shows I was like pretty used to playing to the just the other local bands that's the people that immediately come to mind like Tristan and, and Fran they were just older and just were willing to willing to give give a kid a shot you know yeah and I think that's really cool because it fosters sense of community and it fosters a lot of like intergenerational like mentorship and I think that's what it's all about in the end totally yeah it is I mean, yeah, and like the the people who run Trunk Space, uh, Steph and JRC, like really, like they were there just like every night and like they never took any money from the venue. Like all the money just like kind of went back into the mm -hmm. venue and like, oh my gosh, what a labor of love. <laughs> and like, yeah, and they, and they had been like around to like so many previous music scenes, like, like it, they've been around like Phoenix for a long time. Like it was just really really kind of them to to be doing that because a lot of those shows were so like unattended mm -hmm. it was interesting because that venue like kind of closed down for a second before it reopened in a new location and everybody would be talking about their memories at trunk space and people would be like oh i remember this show and it was packed and it was like the best time and i, and I was like like yeah yeah and then i was like thinking about it more and i was like wait like most of the shows that I remember at Trunk Space, like nobody was there, and of like, like, uh, not like shaming people for like not being there, but it was mm -hmm. like it was very funny. It's like, oh wow, yeah, my recollection of this venue was like, oh, looks like everybody who like paid to get in, like the the five people who paid to get into the show, like left before my band <laughs> or something. Which I, I mean, I don't, it didn't bother me at the time. Yeah. I still, I still find myself in those types of situations <laughs> or like before, I mean, not in COVID, but like, but like my last tour, it's like, there's always kind of one show where it's like, wow, I could have played. I like played this exact show like 10 years ago. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. It's been quite a while since people played shows and um, even the last show, it's almost a year in quarantine. I mean, that feels so long, but uh, what is your all time favorite gig memory? Uh, oh my gosh. I mean, there's some, there's a lot of shows that come to mind. Like the first show that comes to mind is this particular show that I played in Chicago at a house called Pinky Swear, where kind of like two days before the show, uh, Dear Nora jumped on and they, I guess they had a show in Chicago, but it was 21 and up and they wanted to play an all ages show. And I guess they had like an extra night in Chicago. So it was like, I got to play with my favorite band of all time so that was really really special and like it was kind of the the lineup was overwhelming i i i feel like six bands played and i kind of i'm blanking on everybody else which i feel bad about because it, it was a, an amazing show all the way around but it was like most of what i remember is being like oh my god dear nora is gonna play and 
<laughs> That's I'm super like, cool, though. Yeah. So I was very nervous. <laughs> but um but yeah i mean yeah that's that's probably that's my answer you know what i'm gonna leave it at that awesome i'm gonna then- give you less stuff to edit out how about that <laughs> less ums and likes and dead space oh it's all good no, it's, tyler's taking advantage because because they know that i'm off i have days more days off yeah this gary week. has a bunch of days off this week <laughs> cool so, yeah so you're like hey here's here's some more fun gary no it's, it's all good Leave it in, Gary. Let people know that you put hard work into editing these episodes. Whatever, just don't edit this whole episode at all. <laughs> you can do that. I, I mean, that was half a joke. <laughs> so anyway, um, leading with that. Um, You're well. I mean, you are welcome to make me sound better. But okay. <laughs> Adds up to Gary. I have no say. <laughs> but um we were curious if there are any artists you've been jamming out to in quarantine or folks that you've played alongside with over the years or just anybody you really enjoyed that you would want the listeners to know about especially since you've been in like the game for so long and you've played with probably hundreds of different people something i always like would use actually to help find new music and encourage other people if like their algorithms are giving them a headache or if they're just like oh, I can't find playlists that are what I want. I go and I find people whose music I like, like diners, and I go for their Instagram and I look at the bills they've been on and I'm like, well, you know, somebody booked this and put this together. So, you know, and that's how it, I find cool bands. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Besides my little piece of advice, like who really flashes in your memory of like we became instant besties at the show or you know, I'm missing so-and-so, I've been listening to them a lot, or somebody even you have no recollection with. Just tell us your your million-dollar playlist. Well, oh my gosh. I mean, it's kind of the, one of those things where it's like, I feel like it is hard to, it's hard to, hard to pick. I guess lately, I've been thinking about my, my two friends uh, who live in Iowa City, um, Aaron and Dana. They do a band, well, they kind of do two bands, but, uh, uh, Aaron, Aaron's stage name is Karen Meat, and so Karen Meat and, and Dana also plays in in uh, Karen Meat sometimes too, um, and like r- records. Dana's a really like fantastic engineer. Yeah, I mean, I that was kind of I, I I've been listening to a lot of Karen Meat lately, and Dana's music is just under under, uh, under Dana T. Dana Telsro. Dana T, but um, yeah, they're like they were kind of some people that I didn't really know super well beforehand, but the internet just kind of like kept pushing. Like I kind of kept hearing from other people, like, "Oh, you should be friends with the Karen Meat folks," and so I uh, eventually like kind of met when they passed through Phoenix, and. Uh, we just decided that we would do a tour and so we did a tour together and got to know each other that way which was really interesting because uh normally i'm like touring with people that i'm really close with but that was like oh i'm just gonna tour with people i've never spent more than in like an hour's time with but yeah we really hit it off awesome And I think it's a good point in the program to take a musical break, but we'll be back on the spare on the air. 
Thanks for listening to the first half of our interview with diners. What music are we playing in this block, Gary? We are going to play Nobody Loves You by Similar Kind. Then we're going into a pick from diners from the band Yippee with a track called Fiesta Dentist. And then we got some good advice by Cheekface with the song Don't Get Hit by a Car from their album Emphatically No, period. Have you ever been hit by a car? I have not, but almost. Have you ever been hit by a dentist in a car? Maybe they could be a dentist, but uh, who knows? Who knows? Be careful of cars, be careful of dentists. Keep tuning in on Despair. On the air. On BFF. Dot. F. M&M's. M. Mmm. The green, the green M&M though. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Keep that in.
and this record American water Summer soundtrack Of this year Bumper days I had Last year Hope to see you soon Maybe in the summer Or maybe in the spring American waters parts you only have to do the hard parts are my hands freakishly huge and is that why everything slips through my fingers let's get canceled let's get canceled together if i get canceled i want to get canceled together exclusion is a gift a silver medal the end of youth a couple packs of my favorite snacks dr dre not dr seuss no tenants and no trees no snowmobiles and no skis call your doctor immediately if you face plant in the salad bowl i'm doing this out of sheer boredom over an apple store employee type beat Sometimes I wonder if a single good thing exists on earth And then I eat Cinnamon Toast Crunch Everything is boring now I can't help it I, I can't help it Everything is boring now I can't help it I, I can't help it An emoji for each stage of grief Man, good luck looking good in anything Trash is everywhere And the highlights get older every year Everything is boring now I can't help it I, I can't help it Exactly, Kevin The moon just sits there A blood blister I knew you were full of from the moment you called yourself a straight shooter A supreme corpse too busy looking at someone else's phone 600 white guys have formed a line to give me advice But I'm the kind of person who'd carry around a pocket constitution So you don't need to buy me one because I already have one Every night is a celebration for some reason For these rich goth teens wearing Marilyn Manson makeup In search of a second bagel There's always some reason to talk about yourself are you in line, discarding an empty bag of smooth jazz electrolytes? And of course I relate to Lena Dunham. I relate to every annoying genius. Don't get hit by a car. Everything is boring now. I can't help it. I, I can't help it. Everything is boring now. I can't help it. I, I can't help it. An emoji for each stage of grief Man, good luck looking good in anything Human trash is everywhere And the highlights get older every year Everything is boring now I can't help it 
Friends are doing it. All your 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 friends are doing it. Friends are doing it. Best frequencies forever. And we are back. And we are back with our good good pal Tyler, better known as Diners. Hello, Tyler from Diners, right here. So a great place, I think, to jump back in is a question Gary has. Yes. Let's hear it, Gary. Let's hear it, Gary. I will let you hear it. (laughs) Three, two, one. So you've been live streaming quite regularly during this pandemic. And uh, we were curious, what um, what did you like about it? And like, and what were the difficulties? What would you recommend to other folks who like, like start streaming? Like, what advice would you give them? Expect nothing out of it is the best advice that I could give. Just go in there. It's a, I mean, it's a great opportunity to try new material because for me, like over the years, like my songwriting depends on trying a song out live and like, you know, like flinging like the pasta noodle and seeing if it sticks to the wall. And that's, to me, that's songwriting. Like that's like, it's just a part of songwriting. It's like you try it out and like, Sometimes you don't even need the audience's reaction. It's just like, oh, does this, do I enjoy playing this song to people? And sometimes the answer is no. And it's like, sometimes it's like, yes, I enjoy it, except for this one part. And so I'm going to tweak this one part. Or it's like, oh, wow, that went, oh, like this part that I wasn't expecting to, (laughs) like this, this one spot that I thought was just going to be a whatever part like turned out to be like the most exciting part of the whole song. Like it's just one of those things where you kind of never know for, well, for me, I never know until I play a song live if I like it. And so that's why I love doing live streams because I, I get I, I get to try out new material. And uh, yeah, I mean, so, I mean, it's very weird to play to your phone because you don't get the adrenaline rush of being in front of people or having the you know the lights the the lights on you but mm-hmm. but yeah it's like i mean i i just kind of i just really enjoy it it's it's something that i mean i just like to perform i like to sing my songs i th- i think like quarantine has kind of shown me that i have like underestimated how much of my my world like revolves around like needing to perform yeah and um you shared with us too you release a demo a week on patreon and to me that's kind of like a great like exercise to like keep yourself like limber in this time yeah you know it's just like it's just like a little it's just like a little uh a, a little push because it i mean it doesn't if you, I mean, if you're, if we're thinking like just a demo, because like sometimes, sometimes my demos are really fleshed out and there's a lot to them, and sometimes they're not. And like so much of this, like this time for me has just been like, well, I just got to get myself to sit down and finish it, because it's so easy to start a project and never finish it. And like for for a long time, I either like I would kind of 
I wouldn't finish demos and I and now I, re I truly regret it because like uh yeah I don't know it, it is so helpful for me to have demos mm -hmm. like it, there's so many ideas that I end up forgetting about or not really like I don't realize what their true potential could be and uh yeah it's like yeah it's like a night it is a as somebody else once said it keeps the uh it's like keeps the rust off yeah it's a, yeah yeah of, of like just making sure you finish a song definitely i just had a realization too that all of my most cherished favoritist artists whom you are in that category all oh. are super they always are pumping out the demos like frankie cosmos and stuff there's probably like thousands of frankie cosmos demos that she releases into the wild and i think it's i think it's a testament to the craft and it's like it's just cool i was el more yeah, eloquent I mean, in my head <laughs> well i mean well i mean bringing up frankie cosmos like yeah i mean uh it's like it's overwhelming it's like a, it's a it's a it's daunting how much material is actually out there um like if you wanted to go deep and uh i think it i think it's I, it's I mean, it must be it must be really helpful to just be in the swing of just putting it out there. I think people, yeah, they like they they get really in their heads about what they're putting out there, and it is like a nice exercise to just like make sure you're always in the habit of finishing the songs you start and putting it out there because you never know what will resonate with people, and. It'll only it'll only benefit you as a songwriter to just be prolific, like like finish a song whether it's good or bad, mm -hmm. like whether you think it's like amazing or like eh, like you never know. Like that song you thought was whatever, like a couple of years later might seem like a like a like a genius i concept. You know? You yeah, know? you can come back to it, rework it. It might be the next hot single. Truly, you never you never know. Yeah. And so something I also enjoy, when you release new music, you on Instagram talk about kind of the behind the scenes where you talk about collaborating with folks and kind of like how that goes and stuff. And it's always like really nice to see. And during this time where a lot of people are really isolated, I was curious how you keep in touch with your pals and collaborators and what you would recommend to other creators of all genres during this time on how to reach out and stay connected with friends and like peers well i think like my my core friend group we have a group chat where it's mostly just us sending like selfies where we're just like drinking our, our first cup of coffee in the morning <laughs> like and that's like and we just like even if we have nothing to say like all we say it's just like oh looking good pat like looking good tristan and it's just like <laughs> of course like we look awful we're like it's like early in the morning <laughs> we're like drinking coffee and that's and that's it and it's like kind of kind of nice uh to have that zone where we can just yeah like send ugly selfies to each other and not feel like stressed out about it <laughs> um but but yeah i mean like i talked to i talked to those people like once a day um and like obviously it's like we're most of the time joking around but yeah like i have i'm i've been trying to like make like a, a concerted effort to like cool like 
once a week I call this person or once every other week I call this person or once a month I talk to this person and it's like like I don't have a physical list but in my mind there's like a list where it's like oh I I need to touch base with this person because they will get like they will get lost in the like otherwise and then like we'll talk a year later and be like why did we quit talking like I don't Mm -hmm. know what happened and and so yeah it's like I have yeah like I have one friend my friend Chris Cole who uh, does a band called Cereal Milk every other Friday we have a phone call and it's just a nice way to stay in touch even though that sounds maybe stressful to people the idea of like having like a like a scheduled phone call it's like a very low commitment like like if it doesn't work out it's totally fine but like this is just I'll I'll give you a call and if you're available you're available if you're not it's no no big deal like there's no no expectations placed on this I think that's important totally yeah I think that I have not always been the most like I think that I don't I think that there are a few people who are very close to me that like we our our friendship really struggled because I kind of exist in my own world a little bit and I do wish that I would have been like maybe like a closer friend but like I go on tour all the time and I am doing stuff all the time and like I I don't know. I I kind of I do regret it. Like I I I do regret that. Like it's like oh I I I, I wish I would have like been a like showed up more. But I think that understanding the types of friendships that I can hold and being like really clear about those boundaries, like yeah. and being like really clear about the, like the phone call, like my phone call with Chris Cole. It's just like if you're around and if, like I like I'd love to talk, but also no big deal. It's nice. It's just kind of nice to know where you're at. Absolutely. But yeah, that, I guess that I guess that's how I stay in touch. But yeah, I love I love posting. I there's there's this whole weird trend that bugs me so much. Of like, you get into an artist and then you look at their band camp and they give no details on where the album was recorded, who recorded it, mm-hmm. who played on it, and that bothers me. I think that's so silly, and that is just how information gets lost forever. Because, like, this is, like, kind of the worst era for... Or maybe we're getting out of it. Maybe, like, maybe things will be different. But, like, the... I think that bands that started up in, like, 2013, like, kind of shortly after Diners, like, the beginning Instagram era, there are so many bands that were, like, so poorly, like, documented because, like, like, they the only photos ever existed on Instagram and then like those Instagram accounts just like were deleted and it's like, oh, like nobody saved this photo or like nobody like uploaded the photo to a place where people could view it like easily. And so I feel like, uh, yeah, like I am like, I feel like it's really important to be like, oh, this is where I recorded this. This is where I like this is who I wrote the song with. This mm-hmm. is who I who played drums on this. This is this 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 because yeah, like ten years later, who like who knows? It's just like the, every day there's like uh, I get recommended a new 
album by like an obscure band from the 70s that's just like oh wow like this is amazing like i want to learn more about this artist mm-hmm. you just oh you never know it's like important to have that information absolutely people underestimate that yeah and i think that goes great into gary's question but just to get on the soapbox box real quick please in your Bandcamp information list your name because when we try to do emails sometimes it's impossible to find people's names and it's sometimes it's like hello like katie cat band members and it's like i would love to you know actually refer to you by your names and be professional (laughs) yeah totally and then it sounds like it's just like a generic email it's like exactly like hello band yeah hello like a fill in yeah 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 exactly Sometimes they would forget to uh, to take the placeholder off, so it keeps the placeholder and it just literally says "hello, hello band artist." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would when I was like first starting the tour, I would like reach out to places, and oh my gosh, I was always so embarrassed. Like, cause I I like learned I actually like learned that it's kind of just worth it to just draft a completely new email every time I reach out to somebody because it does come across more genuine but like Mm -hmm. yeah oh my gosh I'd sometimes forget to like change the header like who I'm talking to it's like I'm so embarrassed and of course they don't respond to me because I'm like they're like who is who's this kid like they are not even writing the people that they say that like they're not like that is not my name that is this other person (laughs) It happens. Very embarrassed. It happens. Can you walk us through the creative process that came about in crafting your album, Leisure World? Leisure World. Leisure World is such a, it's such a nice name for something that was such a pain in the butt. Um, I started recording that album November 2017 and moved away moved away from where I was recording it. I recorded that album with my friend Jalapaz at the Audio Confusion studio in Mesa, Arizona. And I moved to LA, lived in LA for a little bit, then moved back home, then went on a bunch of tours and then moved away again <laughs> to the Bay. And it was just like this process of like, kind of recording the album when I was available. And it, I'm just embarrassed to say it like took two years to record that album. But uh, maybe, yeah, two years to like record it and then like even an even longer, not an even longer process, but like also a long process of mixing it and getting it mastered and getting it on vinyl. And so it felt like it, it felt like by the time that it came out, I was like, I was like, it made no impact on my life because I'd already like lived with this album for too Mm. long. I was like, so I was like almost mad at it, like. Okay. It was very it was very funny to say that and like have such a strong feeling but I was just like that album I um yeah I mean I recorded I also did a lot of stuff at home like a lot of like MIDI experimentation uh, just like fa- using like fake electronic instruments which I was like really into when I, at the time and uh it was a weird process because I I um it just took so long that my ideas, I like, I like worked on that album long enough to just like have like several ideas of what the album should should be, mm-hmm. and um, and not fun, not fun. I really, I wish I, I just wish it would have happened so much faster. 
because it just like it was just one of those things where I just got more kind of nitpicky as time went on with it and and like stuff just didn't resonate quite the same and it was like only because I just was working on it for too long so uh, the creative process was uh, uh, a little bit uh, it was not as leisurely as the name <laughs> would have us believe it was a it was like kind of a I I had so many identity crises while while recording it. It was really it was really um it was like a very strange time. And then of course it came out like during the pandemic and I wasn't able to tour on it and mm-hmm. so it was just like I don't even like I forgot that I like it during throughout all last year I was like oh yeah I I like released an album this year. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I mean, it's so it's so interesting. Like I, let's see, this comes out on the 28th of February. I, sorry to everybody who thought this was live <laughs> um, on the day 28th, but like the day after this comes out, I go into the studio to record the next album. And my goal is 10 days, 10 days tops to record the album. Not two years, but ten days, <laughs> and um, yeah, like I expect to like walk out of the studio with a with a record, you know. Um, awesome. And so I'm trying. Like Leisure World was like a totally. It was like a learning experience of like, oh, I just don't want to work on something for that long. Like it's not worth it. It's not worth it to strive for perfection because you'll never reach perfection it's like maybe yeah just better to release as much music as you can because like at the end of the day it's just like it it's just the songs that matter it's not it's not the the nitty-gritty like granular like details of an album that make it special i mean some sometimes it is sometimes it's nice to like be really like i'm i'm always impressed by like production that is like whoa they thought to do this one thing Mm -hmm. but most of the time i just want to hear songs and so that is a that is the process i i i it's it was a it was a it was a it was an it was a roller coaster as an emotional roller coaster as they say yeah and i think though your story is not like something to be embarrassed about or something that is even all that unique we've definitely talked with a lot of people on the record and off the record about how long the process takes because for somebody like me who was originally very ignorant to it i actually remember a show gary was able to catch with you and i believe lomelda and gary had videotaped a segment of your performance of cup of coffee and sent it to me and i was like oh my god i love this and Thinking I was an idiot, I went back to your discography and I was like, why oh, did I miss this one? This one's great. And then it wasn't in there. And I'm like, okay, this will be out like shortly. And then uh-huh. <laughs> a couple of, like, like you said, you know, like 18 months flies by. And then, but I, during that time, I was getting more into despair and stuff. And I was realizing like, there are some people who are able to like whip stuff out like within months to even sometimes down to weeks. Um, but there are other people who, you know, they do, whether like in your case where like you didn't want to, or there's some people who do say like, oh, I sit on something for a year before I like 
release it or like I like to put things out in a very meticulous manner. I think we've even talked to people who have put stuff who have stuff ready but they want it to be released on a certain release date simply for mm. the aesthetic of it so they'll sit on it for like eight months even though it's completely ready to go everything pr and all that yeah yeah totally i mean there's people like if you have a process obviously like stick to the process mm-hmm. like i yeah yeah that was a I, I remember that that was at the hi-hat that was yes the hi-hat yeah Lamelda and Howdy also yeah play, played that show that was a diners had that was a too good of a lineup diners had no business being there what so, are you talking yeah. about you fit in right so perfectly yeah. it's a perfect oh, lineup oh I don't I, I don't know yeah. those, those bands are way no way you guys bigger. were also what's it but, called complimentary of each other also uh, such <laughs> appearance by Meg Duffy really exactly. all the more reason why diners had no business being there Meg is an all-star meg is a i mean a, a legend now yeah so. hand habits awesome yeah yeah i mean the uh yeah i think it's just you you just kind of find out what works for you and i think it was kind of i was kind of like i had been i've been doing diners long enough where it's like i was kind of due to have some sort of like crisis type thing where it's like what am i doing like what how do i want to proceed and i was like oh i like leisure world was like it's like oh i don't want to do this ever again like i just want to like like if i'm gonna sit on something like i don't want to sit on things forever like if i if my album isn't ready within a certain amount of time maybe i should consider just like releasing some of the songs as singles which is a thing that i was always very against releasing singles i Mm. But now I'm a little bit, I'm just a little bit more open to it now. So yeah, that's know. definitely a hot discourse topic yeah. on whether it's put things out in albums or put things out just as singles. Yeah, just all do opinions about do it. Do it feels right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I've learned that it's best for me not to try and play the industry game. It's just like, like. Like I'm not, I don't want to do any PR for the next album. I don't want to do any album cycle type things. Like I don't want to release singles like before the album comes out. Like even though they're going to be on the album, like I just want to release an album one day, you know? So, yes. And if I, and if I release a single, like just have it be no big deal. That That's what I think will work best for me. Awesome. So, Glad to hear that. Yeah. And then you have an expansive repertoire now of tracks and tunes. And we were curious if you have one you always just, one that like really you love to play. Just like one you always go back to and you're like, that's kind of my my favorite child of them all. <laughs> um, I mean, it kind of changes as I, I, of course, like the more I like write new songs, the more I'm excited to just play a new song. And... I mean, there are there are some songs where it's like, I guess I would, like, I would just like, I would like, there were some, there are some songs where I, like, after a year of like playing it at every show, it's like, maybe I shouldn't keep playing this song live. Like, everybody's like heard it. Like, I, like, I should just, I should like cycle it out. And, uh, but I don't know, it kind of, it always kind of changes, but I'd say right now, like the song that always feels good to play for me right now is Dear Diane. Mm. I feel like that song, 
I'm like, I'm always able to kind of get into it. And it's like a little, it's not like it's a wordy song, but like, I think that it, it just kind of, it's like such a simple song and like they're the, uh, it's just like a simple enough song where like, I feel like it sounds good. However, I end it like, like, however, whatever mood I am in, like, like it's easy for me to like access Dear Diane. Yeah. So I feel, I feel good about that. But of course, like, there's also like now a bunch of new songs where I'm like, oh, I'm so into this new song and it's so fun to play. And I'll just like pick up a guitar and like run through the song by myself because I'm really into it. Definitely. Awesome. And Tyler, are yeah. there any songs that you've yet to do a cover of that you desperately want to? Hmm. There's a song by Thin Lizzy that I, I, I actually have covered it at like a couple shows but um but it was always kind of like solo but i would love to learn like how to play it with the band but the song uh do anything you want to do by thin lizzy is a song that i feel like i uh like could pull off pretty well with the band um like yeah i feel like the times that i like i'd played it like solo and it's like oh yeah it's like that kind of works like like kind of like on the fly like wasn't wasn't planning on playing the song but yeah but yeah do anything you want to do by thin lizzie amazing song one of my favorite songs of all times awesome and gary is it time for the ultimate the penultimate question it is uh i have a request for you tyler Mm -hmm. Uh, can you please define your perfect bagel all right i like to keep things simple I think I, I do like to keep things simple with 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 bagels just because I feel like like what I don't often reach for the bagel but when I do I just kind of want it to be an everything bagel and you know I I don't like cream cheese and so I think that's why I don't always reach for the bagel but but yeah but like when I do want a bagel I want it to be and everything bagel with the with the schmear, you know, the, mm-hmm. uh, uh, like, yeah, I don't know. There's there's a particular mood that I have to be into like cream cheese, but when I when it when it when I want it, it's like it really hits the spot. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I have some controversial bagel takes. Like, I really, I really like, like, I would go. I worked next door to an Einstein's bagel um chain uh in arizona and so i would go there i would go there like i would go on like sometimes i'd go there like every single day for like a month and then I would <laughs> for like three weeks or sorry it's like three months and i would just and then I, I don't know i kind of get into a cycle and then i like stick with that for a while and then i deviate and then i go back but like um, this is going to sound really gross, but I was really into this jalapeno bagel that they had and I would just put n- Nutella on it. Um, I feel like it really worked. In I my feel mind. like that could work. The sweet and the spicy. They, they did not like me. <laughs> and, um, oh, no. and I think it was because I would order that bagel. <laughs> I, I have a, I have a, hard relationship to food i would gladly eat the same thing every single day for the rest of my life like for every meal but i don't think that's good for me 
mm-hmm. I don't like that about myself, but I would do that. And I okay. think I there were there were plenty of I mean, yeah, I ate Taco Bell like for multiple meals every single day for six years and like straight. Unless there was like a day on tour where there was literally not a Taco Bell within like within like however mile radius Mm -hmm. but like yeah I just had I saw no problem with it until I stopped so yeah (laughs) Gary's kind of like that and I'm kind of like that way too I I think that's a human thing sometimes where if you find a food and you really like it you get really hooked on it for a long time of course that has parameters where it can get into the realm of like my strange addiction (laughs) yeah so uh (laughs) Uh, speaking about that, have you developed a new favorite snack um, over this quarantine session? Um, kind of, but I, I, I don't think it's a very, I don't think it's very good. Like, I wouldn't recommend it. I think I, I think my, I feel very ashamed of my food habits. Um, don't we all? Maybe um, no, I don't think so. I think people really like food. I don't really like food that much. <laughs> I know that sounds really like I don't like. Food stresses me out so much. Like even my roommates, when they see what I'm making, I'm really like ashamed. But I will just make the like, I'll make like Amy's mac and cheese. I'll put mm-hmm. salad, like I'll put like arugula in it, Ooh. and then I'll put like balsamic vinegar and like olive oil in it. And it's that's like, not fun. weird. That, that sounds, sounds weird. fun. Yeah. Well, and then I, and but then there's like this particular orange sauce that I like from like a local like taqueria and like i'll put that in there and so it's kind of just like this big mess but i eat it like every single day that's the workings of a chef you're experimenting yeah my Mm -hmm. opinion i think you're being very nice to me no i well i mean i don't i can't see it but to me it looks orange the orange kind of threw me off but before that it sounded like a high class mac and cheese maybe maybe it is like i said it's that's just kind of what i've been into lately but um but yeah oh you know what it is a really easy go go-to thing that i'll do is i'll just i'll just buy a buy some bread and uh dip it in olive oil and like just put some pepper and balsamic vinegar in it. that's a good snack uh, yeah it's a nice it's a nice uh, but i what, what, what the problem is is when you're when you have like a whole loaf of bread like I've learned that you have to like slice exactly how much bread you want to eat because it's very mm-hmm. easy to just keep keep uh, keep eating it, you know. I know that from experience. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. I mean, I like yesterday. Yeah, yesterday I felt so bad, and I, and I was like, "Why do I feel bad?" And it's like, "Oh, I've only eat, it's like 10 p.m. And the only thing that I've had is like a lot of bread and olive oil, <laughs> like like, and that was." Like that was the only meal that I had. And it's like, okay, that is why I feel bad because like it was just too much and not enough of anything else. It was nothing else. So I don't know. <laughs> it happens. But as we wind down the conversation, I have two questions to kind of play us out. The first of which is beyond getting back into the studio um, in March, do you have anything else you're working on in regards to diners and goals? Anything you're excited to, like, you know, anything just you want to relay to the masses? And then the second of which is beyond diners, if you have anything else you're working on, feel free to plug that as well. 
Yeah, maybe maybe this is a good way to hold myself accountable slightly. I'm working on um I have an idea for a scripted podcast where it's just like I was thinking about how much I miss being on the road and so I started writing these like kind of like like letters from the road type like scripts where I I I like I it would be like a not like some of them would be based off of real things that have happened and then other things just like stuff that I made up but like I think it'd be really funny to do like it's just like me writing my friends from tour and just talking about the tour like just being on the road and uh so yeah I I don't know what it's going to be called yet but I I will be uh but it will be a scripted podcast ooh and, which I think uh, as as you can as you can hear now, I, I I will just ramble on and on and on and on if I if it's not scripted. So um, so yeah, I'm working on that podcast. I and just focusing on that new record. Also focused on recording demos each week for my Patreon and doing the live streams. And uh, that's really it. I um, I think also by the time this. I, I, there's a comp that I contributed a song for that I would really like for people to uh, to listen to um, that will be coming out but that, that will be coming out on March 5th um, so yeah I'll be posting about it cool 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 and then where can everybody find you your and your tunes and your updates yeah well the name of the the name of my music my name of my band is called diners and all of my social media is at diners music so i have a twitter i have an instagram i have a facebook that i will probably get rid of pretty soon it just feels kind of depressing to post on there yeah so i might not have a facebook by the time you look at it maybe who who's really on facebook these days <laughs> besides my parents only for events but that's not a thing anymore yeah yeah, totally. That that is true. There was a, the, it kind of like lost. The only reason why I had it like is now meaningless. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was only for like to find out about like all the DIY shows and stuff. Totally. Like, yeah, yeah. Which was like it was a great it was a great resource while it lasted. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, um, but yeah, just uh, diners on all your favorite streaming sites, Bandcamp diners.bandcamp.com as well I guess the, I mean yeah it falls under your streaming sites but yeah patreon slash diners music Napster <laughs> uh huh Li uh, LimeWire BearShare Pirate Bay yeah Pirate <laughs> Bay there was a site that I would pirate music off of that was like it was the front of it. I don't even know why, if this made any sense, but like it seemed really cool when I was in high school. It was like the the website looked like it was a like a waffle recipe website, like for but you would click a certain word on the homepage and it took you to this secret website where you could pirate a bunch of music. It's kind of wild. That was the thing where I found out um, when I was a student. Um, there was the shoe like selling site. But was secretly like um selling like cheap pdfs of textbooks wow i love that i love these like web store or website fronts 
yeah i mean yeah it's a, it is one of those things where it's like i don't know enough about how that works to like to see if it really made any sense to do that but very it was very fun while it lasted <laughs> well we have had so much fun chatting with you and I am certainly over the moon that we finally got to sit down and talk. I think if you would have told me back in 2017 when I was first listening to your tunes that I would be able to chat with you about them, I would have not believed you. (laughs) So this is very meaningful to both me and Gary. And we love you so much. We love your tunes super, super much. And before we get too gushy and mushy, I think we'll have a nice... Goodbye. <laughs> for now. For now. For now. For now. Yeah, thank you for having me on your program. Of course. Yeah. Welp. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for listening to Despair on the Air. And there you have it. That is our interview with Tyler from Diners. If you could not tell, we had a blast and we are big fans. And we should have worn our t-shirts while we did that, Gary. But just kidding, we were in our pajamas. We are. To get comfy, we got some tunes. Where are they, Angie? Yeah, we hope you are comfy and in your pajamas too. On this wonderful Sunday evening, the last day of February. Uh-oh. Um, oh, but don't be too uh oh, because we got three spicy tracks. The first of which is Bikes at Sunset by Worry Stone. Then we got Burn Alive by Orchards. Off their album Love Core. And then a recent single from Tometsu, VV Lightbody, and La 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 called Wish a Race. And then we got two performances by Designers. With the songs, I don't want to be bad, and my brain has a brain of its own. Thank you for tuning in to the Spare on the Air on BFF.FM. Yeah.
This song is called, um, wait, this, uh, this song isn't quite named yet, um, but it, I think it's going to be called I Don't Wanna Be Bad, yeah, or Bad No More, we'll see, only time will tell, okay, here we go, here's the song. It's a new one. It's a new one where I come from. 
I think my brain might have a little brain of its own. I think my brain might have a little brain of its own. It doesn't do anything that I want it to do. It doesn't do anything that I want it to do. I think my brain might have a little brain of its own. I think my brain might have a it doesn't do anything that I want it to do It doesn't do anything that I want it to do Run around, run around, run around, run around 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 I think my brain might have a little brain of its own. I think my brain might have a little brain of its own. It doesn't do anything that I want it to do. It doesn't do anything that I want it to do. I think my brain, 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 brain. I think my brain might have a little brain of its own. I think my brain might have a little brain of its own. I think my brain. Wow, I can't believe Tyler did that. They sure made some music, and we love it. Big thumbs up, big thumbs up. Thumbs up. And we have two songs to play us out, the first of which is a fresh single from the band Triptides called Moonlight Reflection. Speaking of moons, got to add that to your collection of moon songs from a couple of weeks ago. I sure do. Then we are ending the show off with Hopeless by Jengus Kangas. From Santa Fe Sessions. We thank you so much for always tuning in. And we hope to see you next week when it is March. We are here every week, every Sunday evening. And we hope to tune in and find a hot new track to dance to or to cry to at night. And then, um, since Angie is watching Game of Thrones starting at season one, please send your Game of Thrones spoilers and no! email and social media no! at Despair on the Air on Twitter no! and Instagram. No, please don't. I usually don't care about spoilers, but well, I mean, I know what happens in the end. I know uh, 
Daenerys goes bananas, and it's not like her character. I have some friends who are quite Game of Thrones scholars, and they've like read the books and everything, and they say like it all goes really downhill once they run out of source material. And then it's like, well, then why didn't they just stop? Why didn't they just pause? It's about that. It's all about that Benjamins. I know the actors get old, but like I don't know. Well, um, look forward to like five more spinoffs. They should have just fa- what they should have like had a like a recess year and then like went on Ao3 and just stole everybody's fan fiction ideas. Give Tyrion his own show. Tyrion, a Tyrion or- uh, origin show where it's just him um, being silly, drinking wine, and whining. And I was, dining. I was just say he moves to Florida, but and he has a family, and it's just come. It's just it's just fresh off the no. boat. It's, yeah. it's the it's a fantasy show, Gary. There's no Florida. Where would Florida be? Um. Well, um, you haven't seen the seventh season, and some stuff happens there, and like they create the United States. They do not. Yeah, they do. No, they don't. We'll see you in like seven, six more seasons, and then eighth one goes downhill. I guess wow. it goes downhill. I heard um, it starts going downhill after, at like during four, like maybe five. I've heard somewhere between four, five, and six. If you're a Game of Thrones expert, hit us up on the internet at the Spare in the Air. Uh, it, let me know which character you want to smooch the most. Yeah, send send us that. No spoilers. Send us your smooch. Send us an email with no subject line, no nothing, and just, just the a name picture. of the character. No, just the, a picture. Uh, yeah, a picture of the character. You want to smooch, but make sure it's not like an official like headshot of the character. Make sure it's something you took on your. You were watching it on TV, and then you took a picture with your phone, and it's like kind of blurry and like, like uh, what's that called in photography? Like overshot. You know what I mean? It's like blurry and it's like really bright. With all so the we noise, and, not, and we can't. Yeah, noise. We can't really tell like exactly who the character is. Like, you can get a gist, but it's like I don't know if that's Rob or if that's like John. Also, you could be your hand grabbing them too. Like, oh, I want them so much. Something so, like, embarrassing in the background. Yeah. Please do that. Our email is on bff.fm and on our social bios. So please email us. And thank you for listening to Despair. On the air. On BFF. Dot. F.
Count on me